0: This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast where we take a look at the week that was in Bates Athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and this week we talk with our two skiers competing at the NCAA Championships. Plus, we preview the softball season and talk to our Bobcats of the Week. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. Bates! Bates! My champion. Right the, of every right, right, right the, right the number 14 nationally ranked Bates men's lacrosse team defeated Babson 18-9 on Wednesday in the Bobcats' home opener on Garcelon Field. Senior captain Clark Jones matched his career high with five goals and dished out a pair of assists in the victory. Clark Jones with us here on the Bobcast, big day for you here against Babson. You're- you're back on attack. You played in high school. What's it like to be back on attack your senior year here in college?
1: Uh, it's pretty fun. Um, I enjoy playing with, with Matt Lasava, Max Bresci, and Brendan Mullally. And uh, being on offense the whole entire time is, is a little bit better than being on offense half the time. Um, but it's been good. It's been fun. What Any adjustments you've been making at all? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Last year it was good to get a view of the field from up top. And so I think that helps my game just seeing the field. Um, but not really. I mean, I'm just trying to play, play fast, play fun, like Coach Zonny wants us to. Um, and it's been fun, fun when we put up 18 goals. Right,
0: exactly. Well, I mean, Charlie Fay, Andrew Melvin, Kyle Weber, those guys graduating, plenty of other great players as well. So now you're one of the focus on offense. What's that been like so far through two games?
1: Well, it's, it's been interesting because we've kind of all been in the shadow of the Kyle Weber, the Charlie <laughs> Fay, everyone else from last year. But uh, – we got a lot of good guys. Matt Lasava's really playing well. Burke Smith, Curtis Napton. Our whole entire first six guys on offense have been awesome. So um, if you focus on one of us, someone else is going to go off. After that
0: kind of defensive struggle against RIT, how nice it to, to come out here and have a big offensive game like this. Yeah,
1: it was awesome. I don't know the last time we've scored seven goals in a game. So uh, to come back and, and rebound with 18 was, was a really good feeling.
0: On Saturday, the Bobcats lost a nail-biter to Middlebury on the road by a score of 11-10. to 10. Bates led by one at halftime, but the third quarter turned out to be the difference, with the Panthers outscoring the Bobcats 5-3 to three to take the lead for good. Sophomore Matt Lestava scored four goals and added three assists. He scored three goals against Babson, and for his efforts, Lestava earns male Bobcat of the Week honors. He stopped by to chat about adjusting to new teammates on the attack with him after the graduation of Charlie Fay and Andrew Melvin.
2: It's been going well. Uh, we had the whole fall to play with each other. I've been playing with Brendan Mullally, Max Brashy, and Clark Jones throughout the fall. So it's been going well. Um, there's a little bit of growing pains as to be expected because we have so many people in so many different positions. But I think all together, um, I'm not really worried about how, how we're going to turn out.
0: Yeah, it seems like, uh, Clark and you in particular have had, uh, some big games so far. What's been clicking maybe between you two?
2: I mean, we work together, like, on and off the field. So, like, sometimes we go to Merrill together and we just shoot around. So the chemistry's really been clicking. We kind of are on the same page a lot of the time. So his transition from midfield to attack has been very smooth.
0: And then for you as a sophomore, what adjustments are you making this year? I imagine people are keen
2: on you maybe a little bit more. What, have you seen any differences out there? I mean, it's helped a lot now that like Clark has moved down to attack and he's doing really well. But uh I've moved from yeah, left to X and uh just trying to quarterback from behind as much as I possibly can and do the right thing and try not to throw the ball away and stuff like that. It's been the biggest responsibility. More of a dodging responsibility this year and drawing slides and stuff like that. But it's uh it's been it's been good. Obviously, the Middlebury game, a tough one,
0: a close one-goal game. What is the attitude on the team right now, you know, coming back to Middlebury in terms of preparing for Wesley and kind of putting this one behind you?
2: Well, I mean, in this league, we talk about how the margin for error is so small. So over practice and stuff like that, we're just trying to focus on the little things. I mean, the defense and our goalie play and face and all together as a team, uh, everyone can get better, but it just goes to show how – little margin of error it takes in order to win and lose games within the NESCAC.
0: And then um, the Babson game midweek, uh, obviously a hat trick for you. Clark had a big game as well. 18 goals. That must have felt good at coming off that low-scoring game. against RIT previously, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. It was nice to come out, especially because last year when we played Babson, we kind of came out slow and they kind of punched us in the mouth a little bit in the beginning. So it was nice to come out, kind of come out hot and uh, get a win on our uh, home turf. What has the maybe coach's message been to you guys about, you
0: know, this season maybe compared uh coming off of such an amazing year last year, what has it been his message
2: about what you have to focus on this year? Well I think this year it's it's kind of all the same thing. We're trying to we have different faces obviously, but the culture's the same. We still are trying to be the hardest working team on the field any given day, so I think the culture and what we what's being taught is the same as last year.
0: You know, every game's challenging obviously in the NESCAG, but you guys have started this year with like R. I. T., Middlebury, now you've got Wesley coming up. I mean kind of some early trial by fire, right? Do you think that'll help you, you know, down the road here this
2: season? Yeah, I definitely think it will. I mean we've played close games and we know that we can play with any of these teams and we have been. So it's just a matter of closing out games, doing the little things right and take care of business.
0: Great, great, and then inner you know, thoughts on this upcoming Wesleyan game because it's obviously a, a big one on the road. You, you know, obviously you guys have a maybe a score to settle last year's postseason, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. There's definitely a little chip on our shoulder for for them ending our season last year a little shorter than we wanted it to be, but uh, especially because we're heading down there again. So uh, I'm just excited, and I think everyone's excited, and uh, we're just gonna have a good week of practice.
0: All right, Matt Listovar, Male Bobcat of the Week. Thanks so much. Thank you. The women's lacrosse team defeated Wellesley twenty one to five on Wednesday behind four goals each from Liv Sanford and Katie Allard. Then the Bobcats fell twelve to five in number four nationally ranked Middlebury on Saturday. If you are listening to this podcast on Tuesday, and we are very pleased if you are, come out to Garcelon Field tonight. The women's lacrosse team moved their game against Babson up one day. The action starts at five PM. Our female Bobcat of the week comes from the women's tennis team. The Bobcats are off to a 5-1 start after going 3-0 last week with victories over Smith, Mount Holyoke, and Wheaton. First year, Hannah Sweeney went a combined 6-0 in singles and doubles. And she is our female Bobcat of the week great week for the women's tennis team 3-0 and because of some injuries you stepped up and played at number one singles and doubles what was that experience like?
3: Yeah we had a couple injuries this past weekend um, it was unfortunate that a couple of the girls uh, weren't able to compete but luckily I was healthy enough and that's part of being a team you're able to step up when others can't play so I was glad that I got to play for my
0: teammates. I saw Saturday, the second match, you had like a three set battle at number one singles, right? Yeah. going to the third set, what was your mindset? About?
3: um yeah, it was at the end of a long weekend, so it definitely uh was a time of the day when I had to mentally just kind of grind it out and uh find my endurance, but I was happy that I was able to um figure it out in the third
0: set, and it was really rewarding. Yes, the team played two matches on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Now, I know the guys' match, they played, went like seven hours. How long did each of these matches go for your team?
3: Yeah, the guys (laughs) had a really long match. Um, We didn't have a seven-hour match. Um, We got a couple hours break in between the two matches. Um, It definitely is a lot to play two matches in a day, but, um, you know, the girls were all tough, and they were able to, to work through it. So.
0: Tell me a little about your background in terms of how you started to play tennis. What made you decide to first get on the court?
3: Uh, My dad uh, was a college player as well, Um, so he was kind of the first person to introduce me to the sport, Um, and then ever since I've been younger, I've been taking lessons, and I started playing competitively more around uh, middle school age, Um, and then from there, I just playing and uh, investing more time into it.
0: And then, so when you were making the college decisions, what was going through your mind about where you wanted to go? What made Bates the place for you?
3: Uh, I was always interested in the NESCAC League. I'm from Massachusetts, so a lot of kids um, from my area go to schools like these. Um, I really was interested in the balance between the academics and the athletics, and um when I went to Bates, uh, in comparison to a lot of the other NESCACs that I looked at, I just um, got a really good sense of community and especially when I visited with the team um, and Coach i got a really good uh, atmosphere um, and the vibe of the team was just really welcoming.
0: And you mentioned you played, started playing competitively in middle school, mm-hmm. at what point maybe in like high school did you start to think, oh I could maybe play in college?
3: Yeah, I think it was always kind of in the back of my head. I saw a lot of the older kids who I had trained with for years go on to play college tennis. So it was always something that I had thought about, but not seriously until, you know, I was probably sophomore or junior. Um, and then you start getting uh, some coaches start reaching out to you. And then you kind of start doing your own research for schools and um I think also just seeing my dad compete in college made me kind of want to also be part of, uh, that culture being a student athlete.
0: So here at Bates, obviously Coach Gathingy coaches the guys' team and the girls' team. What's that dynamic like?
3: It's really fun. Um, that was something that I actually, uh, I don't know if I was looking for, but when I came and I visited Bates, I saw that because we have the same coach, um, it created much more of a team unity between the boys and the girls, and, um... In a sense, we're treated like one team, and I think it um, just makes a lot of fun. You know, we just went to California and we all stayed in the same house with the boys and the girls, and um, it just has, it brings a different um, element to the team.
0: NESCAC play starting up this weekend, I believe, right? Hamilton. So, what, I mean, you being a first year, what have you heard about NESCAC playing the increased level of competition, perhaps?
3: Yeah, I think, um, you know, those matches obviously are viewed a little bit differently but i think just every match is a match and you take it just as seriously um you know one thing that we work on is always focus on yourself and not always on the opponent across the other side of the court so um we've had a lot of match play up to this point um in california and this weekend we got a lot of matches so i think um in terms of competing we're well prepared at this point
0: and then obviously the team, a few injuries, as you mentioned, but you're, from you, it doesn't matter where you play in that lineup, how you're in there.
3: Yeah, I mean, for part of being a team is, uh, or being on a team is, you know, being able to play uh, where needed. So for me, that's just my goal. And depending on if people are healthy or um, not, or when they're able to compete, I am ready to play um, wherever the coaches need
0: me so all right Hannah Sweeney our female Bobcat of the week thanks so much thank you the men's tennis team played a near seven hour match at Brandeis eventually falling five to four both tennis teams host Hamilton to get NASCAC play started this Saturday it all comes down to this week for a pair of outstanding Bobcat skiers women's Nordic skiing sophomore Kaylin Woods is headed to the NCAA championships for the first time in her career Woods is the daughter of Bobcat head coach Becky Woods and the granddaughter of Bates coaching legend, Bob Flynn. She will compete in the 5K Classical Technique race on Thursday and the 15K Freestyle on Saturday.
4: Going into this year, I had kind of set NCAAs as like a a goal, a f- kind of a reach, but I knew that I had a really solid summer of training and I was confident in that and kind of take took the training into this year and just kind of continued with it um, into the fall and then into the winter and um, it was really nice to see all the training efforts that I put in over the summer um, pay off. and and get to where I wanted to be at the end of the year, which was NCAAs, which is awesome and super
0: exciting. A lot of people may not know how the selection process works. It's (laughs) kind of complicated, right? Can you break it down for us? Yeah, so
4: (laughs) it's super complicated. Um, But we have six carnivals over the course of basically six weeks. You get points based on how you place, and those points go towards your standings for NCAA qualification. and from that you kind of go down the list there's they take the top the east takes the top 13 and only three uh athletes can qualify from a team so i actually i qualified ninth but i actually sat 12th on the list because mm-hmm. there was a few girls ahead of me who were from dartmouth but since dartmouth had five girls in that top nine or ten they can only take three right. so wow. yep
0: you would have qualified anyway though right yeah yeah
4: that's actually yeah that's nice it's a good it's nice and to see that
0: at what point during the season did you think to yourself okay I'm pretty sure I'm gonna make it
4: <laughs> um there was <laughs> there was a one point I think at the Dartmouth carnival and also the UVM carnival which was the previous weekend where I the, in the UVM carnival I had two top 10s and Going into that, um, I knew I had one more. I think one previous top ten. So I kind of after that, I was like, all right. Uh, <laughs> I think if I have a few more solid races after this, that Days uh, is a pretty NCAAs is a pretty good uh, good point for me. And
0: how excited is Becky right now? for you? <laughs>
4: uh, I don't know. I think we're both pretty excited. It's it's gonna. I'm I'm really excited to go out there, and there's a lot of. A lot of my good friends from the east. Also, I have a few friends from the west going. So it'll just be fun to compete. We don't usually. I mean, we don't compete against the west any other point in the season. So it's kind of fun to, you know, get everyone. I mean, there's only 35 or so girls out there. So it's it'll be fun, and we're excited about it. Yeah. Uh,
0: obviously, your grandfather, longtime coach here, Bob Flynn. What do you think he would say right
4: now? Uh, uh, I think <laughs> think he'd be really excited. Um, I wish he was here, but you know, he's here in spirit
0: did he kind of coach you a little bit growing up also?
4: Um, he was always a coach. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he was coach. So, um, uh, he was always a coach to me and, and to so many people at Bates. And I know that he's touched so many people at Bates and it's just awesome to kind of have that spirit with me and yeah, bring him down to
0: lakes with me. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. Now I know it's out West, right? Yeah. Elevation. I think I talked <laughs> with Sadie James about this when she made it. Uh, what's it like skiing at elevation? Uh,
4: so different yeah. than skiing here in the east um you're definitely a lot higher up uh less oxygen as they say but um so it's harder definitely going out there and racing with all the girls from the west who have done that i mean their whole season and for some of them a lot longer than that um but it'll be we get to go out there uh almost a week early so mm-hmm. it'll be nice we get to acclimate to the to the altitude
0: yeah you're flying out what we're talking about Wednesday talking about out tomorrow is that
4: uh right? we're flying Friday mid-morning, flying mid-morning. <laughs> yeah okay.
0: Okay. Gotcha, yep gotcha. so you'll get there in plenty of time what's going to be the strategy when you get
4: there um so we have a few days of training kind of at a higher elevation actually than Steamboat Springs which is where we'll race mm-hmm. and then we will go over to Steamboat and we have official training there um, Monday through Thursday, and then our first race is on
0: Thursday. Great. Any other thoughts on what it means for you to be qualifying for nationals as a
4: sophomore? Um, no, I mean, it's exciting. it's it's a po- it's positive. Alec, I'm positive this season, and um, hopefully we can just go up from up from here. All right, Kaylin
0: Woods, thanks so much. Thank you. Sophomore Alpine skier Griffin Mueller will travel with Woods to NCAAs. It is also her first trip to Nationals, made all the more impressive by the fact she missed all of last season due to injury.
5: It's crazy awesome. I never would have expected um, that this would happen this year, and um, it really means a lot coming off of last year, um, watching my teammates get to ski while I couldn't, so um, it's excited is not even not even begins, begins to describe how I feel about it
0: Yeah, I know you and you and Kaylin are pretty good friends so what's it like going together now?
5: Um, it's so much fun, I couldn't think of anyone I would rather like pack up and spend not only like a week racing and competing with but um, Colorado is a far way away and um, we'll get to travel and be with each other and it always leads to like some funny circumstances so we're really excited to go together
0: Terrific. And when did you kind of get a sense you had a pretty good shot to make it?
5: Um, after the Williams Carnival, so that was our um, fourth or fifth our fifth one, um, I had a really good day, and my coach skied down to me my second run and said, I think we're booking a ticket to Colorado. And I didn't believe her, and I didn't say anything, and I didn't believe her for a while. But um, that was right around the time when – I thought, oh, my God, this could be actually happening.
0: Excellent. And then how did you use last year to prepare for this year even when you couldn't ski?
5: Um, last year was a lot of, I think, mental toughness and, I think, um, physical strength. Um, it was a lot of patience. But I know that coming into this year, I changed a lot of things and a lot of ways that I approach skiing. Um recovering from injury and I learned a lot about um, my body and about my sport just um, from being away from it. So I took all that and it's led me somewhere that I I wasn't sure I was I was going to get here this fast.
0: Michaela's a Bates alum. She's skied at Nationals before. What has she told you about the experience?
5: Um, she's really excited for me. Um, we're both really excited and I think she just knows that it's a lot of fun, and she knows that I've been working really hard to get here at some point, so um, she's just ready to see what I can do and see how much better I can be.
0: Now, um, we talked with Kalen about you know Nordic skiing, how the elevation changes things a lot. Does it change anything for Alpine?
5: Um, it changes a little bit just cause you got less air up there to breathe when and you're probably going to be breathing pretty hard when you come. Um, when you finish that course. Um, so I'll, I'll train a few days, but I am, I'm used to coming back sure. quickly to Colorado and, um, getting used to the altitude, but I am expecting to be a little more winded than uh, I typically am down here.
0: Well, yeah, we should talk about that. This is a homecoming for you. You're going back to your home state, right? How excited are you for that?
5: Um, I'm so excited. It's um, actually unreal. It's in Steamboat Springs this year. Um, my last time I was at Steamboat Springs racing, I blew out my knee, so it will oh. be my um, homecoming to that hill and to that race run as well.
0: So is that something like you're looking to conquer that mountain there
5: <laughs> um i'm just really excited because it's one of those things that was in the back of my mind you know all summer like i really like full circles in my life and um you know how cool would it be if i did this like it'd be fun to stand in that starting gate for the next time at uh, ncaa's so um it's really a dream come true
0: your twin brothers we talked about on the team as well um is he going to make the trip out to watch you
5: um, I don't think he's gonna, um, take that flight, right? <laughs> yeah. He's, um, he's got class and he's gonna, um, compete, uh, this weekend oh. probably next in, um, Eastern Cups and, um, more international fist races to try to keep getting better and prepare for next season.
0: Yeah, cause we always see, like, carnival races, but there's so many other races you all do, right?
5: Yeah, we have, uh, we try to maintain, like, full fist schedule, mm-hmm. um, which is, um, you know, helps our ranking and helps us get better and um, compete against, you know, not only like racers that we see in the carnival season, but um, really good kids from around the country. So um, it's hard. It's hard to do that, but it's fun because kind of the pressure of college, um, the college races is off, and you can kind of focus on your skiing a little bit.
0: Excellent. Well, Griffin Mueller, thanks so much for joining us here on the Bobcast, and congrats again on qualifying for nationals.
5: Thank you so much.
0: Congrats to Bates track and field athletes Adedire Faccaridi, Jack Kiley, Sally Cisse, Aiden Eichoff, and Catherine Cook on qualifying for the NCAA championships. They will compete in Birmingham, Alabama this Friday and Saturday. We will interview all five upon their return to campus. Meanwhile, the Bates softball team is in Florida this week to begin the 2018 season. They play 12 games in six days. And head coach Mikkel Barnes can't wait.
6: We are so excited to see how our team environment, our team culture, translates into our performance in games. I think this is probably the closest team that I've seen since I've been here. Um, you know, it's truly, we have great authentic relationships that I'm just excited to see how that translates into what we're doing Um when we start playing games, you know, practices have been fun. They've been competitive, and the team is really looking forward to uh, playing games. It's, it's been a long time coming, so we're excited.
0: And the Florida trip, uh, you play multiple games in a day. Um, not a huge deal for softball necessarily, right?
6: Um, so we're, we're kind of really trying to maximize our time down there. So we're playing 12 games in six days. And that tends to be – that will be quite a lot. Um, You know, we have the ability to throw our pitchers every day, uh, which is a pretty convenient uh, thing for us. Um, So we should see, you know, depending on the heat – uh, we've done a lot of conditioning going into the season, so we'll see, you know, how well conditioned we are on the fourth, fifth, you know, and, and last day. Uh, but it will be fun; it will be a lot of fun.
0: One interesting thing you told me about um, off the air, you know, senior captain Tori Fitzgerald moving from catcher to shortstop. Uh, so, what's, what what prompted that move, and um, when's the last time she's played shortstop?
6: <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny because. Leading up to this year, Tori's always kind of joking me, Coach, Coach, let me try shortstop. Let me take some ground balls. And I'm like, Tori get behind the plate you know let's let's get you your catching and you know obviously with Maddie Inlow graduating that left us a little bit of a hole at shortstop and and Tori uh, she's a student of the game and she really has a knack um, for softball and, and she's athletic and she's able to transition pretty easily and, and really nicely from catcher to shortstop and I think her experience in catching has really helped her develop her confidence and her her voice and um, now carrying that over into a new position, but still a very influential position on our field. Um, she's going to do great. Uh, she she does. She has great angles to the ball. Uh, she collects herself and makes great throws. And we're excited to see her really step outside of some of those routine plays that you would expect, and her to uh, make some great plays for us.
0: And you got a first year filling in now playing catcher, so tell us about her.
6: Yes, Mary Collette. Uh, Mary is tremendous. Uh, Mary does a great job receiving. She really builds a great rapport with her pitchers. Um, You know, she certainly – is excited to continue to learn and build on what she has developed in her travel ball and her high school experiences. Uh, she is a tremendous blocker. She's quick, um, and, and she really does a great job understanding the dynamics and how the game develops and being able to adjust on the fly and, and work with our pitchers um, and myself to be able to uh, make the right calls and, and kind of lead us. So that's great to see.
0: And then Pelletier in the circle stepped in right away last year, um, third all time in a single season for bait, softball, and strikeouts. That, you know, as a first year, pretty impressive. What are you looking to see from her as a sophomore?
6: Yeah, KP has been really impressive. Um, her work ethic and her commitment to excellence is something that uh, is a really great model for not just softball players, but I think really any student athlete. Uh, the work that she puts in in the off season is tremendous, and her ability to um, go with the ebbs and flows, and as a pitcher, it is the only position you know, in any sport where you have one person touching the ball in every single play. And she really um, takes that and owns that. And she has uh, now, I think, developed this maturity where she's able to um, understand her body and what her body's doing. And so she can make those mechanical adjustments very quickly and that's i think a difference that we're going to see this year that will take place and that's just going to excel her game and um, be great for us
0: Pelletier gatorade pitcher of the year in the state of maine her senior year at mesolonsky now you have the gatorade player of the year from middlebury vermont coming in as a first year peyton buxton tell us about her
6: yeah peyton is really uh fun to get to know. She's quiet. She has a great demeanor. She's very, um, she's very consistent in what she brings as a mindset. And so I'm excited. And that's sometimes not the case, especially with first years. And I think that's, uh, been a great correlation with her success. You know, we see a very, um, consistent mindset her highs aren't too high and her lows aren't too low and she understands I think the process of the game and understands what her job is and you know we're looking forward to seeing how she transitions from her high school and her travel ball to now college ball where the pace of play is going to be much greater the the hitting is going to be much greater and so I think she's going to really develop tremendously throughout this year and obviously uh, learning from KP and learning her strategy and and what works well for her, but then tailoring it to what works well for Peyton, and um, that will be great.
0: I'm excited about the top of your order, um, a couple of slap hitters who are probably going to get on base quite a bit, right?
6: Yeah, don't give away all of our secrets. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um Yeah, we're going to have a tremendous one-two punch with uh, Dre Russo and Caroline Bass leading us off. Uh, they're both tremendous slap hitters, great speed at the top of our lineup, and Um, You know That's going to be a tool that we're going to be able to um, really put ourselves in some great base running situations and make some things happen, get a little creative, and you can't teach speed. And uh, they're great instinctual base base runners. So being able to have those guys lead us off and then have some good power hitters come up behind them and and hit them in is kind of the name of the game. And um, it, it will be probably something that we haven't seen before.
0: And who are those players in the middle lineup we can expect to see?
6: Yeah, uh, Julia Panapinto has her development this off season um, has been tremendous. You know, she hit well for us last year, uh, but we've done a lot of work with her, and, and she's really owned a mindset of she doesn't want to be just a contact hitter where she's hitting singles or. Um, her bat speed has—I mean—it's probably the fastest that I've seen since I've been coaching here. Um, so we're really going to see the ball fly off her bat, and she's going to hit for power. Uh, followed by that, uh, Peyton actually too. Oh, there you, go. you know, Peyton. Uh, we're looking for her to to step in and do some great things for us. You know, we want to see our upperclassmen Tori and Paige also really run and and um, s- solidify the middle of our lineup with that power. And I think we're also going to see. Finally, you know, a one through nine hitting lineup that is just—it's going to be difficult to get through for other teams.
0: Excellent. And then, you know, in terms of you know making progress within within the NASCAC and stuff, what do you think some key elements are to you know uh, get into that NASCAC tournament?
6: I think uh, controlling what we can. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, if we play well and we're in, we play how we're capable of playing. Uh, things should look good for us, and I think the consistency will be. When you have such a young team, that's going to be one of our biggest question marks. Uh, but I think we're going into it with a really great mindset, and as I mentioned at the beginning, with our culture that we've really generated throughout this off season, I think that's how we're going to fall back when you know we get into the trenches and um, stuff. Get, it starts, we're not in the honeymoon phase anymore, uh, and so falling back on our culture and believing in each other and understanding that we're in this together and we have to do this together. So that will be fun. All right,
0: Mikkel Barnes, thanks so much for previewing the softball season with us. Thanks, Aaron. Next time on the Bates Bobcast, we'll recap the NCAA championships for our skiers and track and field athletes. Plus, it's another big weekend of lacrosse, and of course, we will have a full softball report from the Bobcats week in Florida. All that and more next time on the Bates Bobcast. Bates! Bates! My brother, my brother. We're <laughs> hey.